Warhammer fantasy news, hobby, lore, and more. Welcome to the War Games Orchard with Nathan and GJ. They're awesome, they're versatile, and they are the most wanted simply for the crime of existing. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show, my name is GJ, and today it's Bring Your Own Weapon to War Day. The reason for that is that we are going to talk about the Empire Militia. I don't know if you got it from the hints I dropped just there in the intro, um, but the Empire Militia are one of the most expensive plastic troops out there on the second-hand market, I think. Uh, basically, I think because they have so many uses. Now, we probably won't get into discussing all of them, but we will get into discussing some of their uses. Now, why am I talking about the Empire Militia Kit today? Well, that's got everything to do with my hobby projects. I don't really need a hobby. A hobby is supposed to pass the time, not fill it. I did absolutely nothing, and it was everything that I thought it could be. As you probably know, I've been working to build up a zombie pirate force, one model at a time. And for zombie pirates, you have two main components, at least that's what they told us in White Dwarf when the zombie pirates rules were released. The first component is the... 6th uh, edition or, or maybe even late 5th edition plastic zombie kit, the one that until very recently was still the one that you got in the Games Workshop web store. And the other one is the Empire Militia kit. And with these two, with a combination of these two, you can make every sort of pirate zombie with guns or weapons or cutlasses, anything you like. Now, these... Pirate Zombies are not the only thing I've been doing. I've also been starting up a Mordheim Warband. Uh, I have played a couple of games of Mordheim, but I want to take it to the next level and build up some more Warbands. I've been undercoating some uh, Flagellants and some Witch Hunters and some Hunting Hounds that are going to be a uh, Witch Hunters Warband. And I've also undercoated some... Militia models, just the regular Empire Militia models, no zombie bits this time, that are going to be a, a Middenland warband. And the reason for that is that I played a game the other day against Emil, a good friend of the show. I played two games against Emil, actually, we played 5th edition and I lost both of them spectacularly. The first one was uh, my Chaos, uh, my Beastman focused Chaos against uh, Savage Orcs. And the Beastman got a couple of lousy rolls and they got uh, charged in the rear and they fled and everything panicked and died. And uh, then I had a lone Chaos Warrior left that still managed to pose a little bit of a threat, but he was so outnumbered that he simply had to bite the dust sooner or later. And the other game was a undead derby between Vampire Counts and Tomb Kings. And also over there with my Tomb Kings I had some uh, so, some good rolls and also some lousy rolls. Uh, I did some things that weren't allowed but still I lost. I for example used my scouts to stand and shoot which they have never been able to do, so I don't know why I think all of a sudden they could do that in 5th edition. But I just wanted to play that uh, White Dwarf Tomb King list. I also wanted to play the Beastman. And for both of these armies, I've been painting up some miniatures. I believe I also mentioned that last time. Uh, it's been a while since I last recorded because I've had some, uh, uh, so some busy days behind me. Uh, I also have high blood pressure and uh, that's something that the doctor wants me to monitor every once in a while so now I got a blood pressure monitor that I had to uh, put on for 24 hours 
and that also every 15 to 20 minutes that thing starts to whir and and pump up the sleeve and everything so yeah that's uh, that, that was usually the day that i would have been able to record last week so i just simply didn't have the time to put an episode out there um which is why i haven't gotten back to you sooner now after these games with a mule I had the idea to do a well. We, we both said let's let's get together more often. Let's do something, and and we we were thinking a bit about doing a campaign. So I had the idea. What's one thing I always wanted to play but just never have gotten around to, and that's a siege game. But a simple siege game is uh, definitely going to be fun either way. But it's much more fun if we can embed it in a campaign. And if we can make the siege the culmination of uh, several days of campaigning. So I spent last week devising a campaign. Starting with a, uh, more time, a few more time scenarios where... My warband and his warband have to find some item that's going to be the the main focus of the campaign. Uh, we still have to hammer out all the details. I've just drawn up a very rough sketch at the moment. Just which scenarios can we do? What would happen if, if a party would win and if another party would lose? And then sometimes you take possession of the item or sometimes it gives you a bonus. And then there will also be a lead up to the siege where you both muscle the armies but they they clash and depending on who wins the battle you get uh, maybe a steam tank or you get uh, some extra points to spend on siege equipment stuff like that so so that's what we are planning to do and that's also why i have been working with the empire militia kit for a while because you can have the more time warbands you can make from those kits and you can also make some other units that are used in the uh, Midland Army list. In the Midland Army list, I'm, I'm using the Storm of Chaos one. There's also a Midland Army list in the 2004 Chronicles. But in the Midland Army list you uh, from Storm of Chaos, you also get to use some regular Empire troops that are not included in the, uh, in the Warhammer Chronicles one. And uh, since I also want to take this opportunity to paint up some uh, some swordsmen and some, some halberdiers and stuff like that, I'm going to use the Midland Army List. And if you look at the Midland Army List, the Army of Midland in uh, Storm of Chaos, on page 50 and 51, if you are browsing along at home, you see two units of the Empire Free Company standing there, a little bit of Midland colors. These are just mostly the Free Company kit. And they have the, I, I guess these are the Warriors of Ulrich. It doesn't really say so, but I think there's nothing really else what they can be because you cannot take any regular militia. You can, uh, you can take archers, you can take crossbows, but not the regular militia. And... This is still the hobby segment, so we will get to the rules for them. Uh, but the Warriors of Ulrich, um, they have the option to have light armor and shield, both of them for plus one points. And you can also give them uh, either additional hand weapon or a great weapon for two points each. So you can basically outfit these with uh, all with great weapons, all with additional hand weapons, or all with hand weapon and shield. And they have the special rule individuals. And the special rule individuals says that warriors of Ulrich are no formal regiment, but they are followers of the wolf god from many fighting and adventuring professions united in their service of our Ulrich. As such, they carry a diverse selection of weaponry and equipment. However, for game purposes, they all count as being armed the same way. You should make sure that the majority of models in your unit carry the correct equipment and make clear to your opponent how the unit is equipped before the game. Uh, note, more time figures, particularly Middenheimers, are ideal for representing warriors of Ulrich. So they basically say just do whatever you want with this as long as you can make it clear both from looking at the unit and from the 
rules what they are uh, uh, what you say to your opponent what they are representing in the warhammer chronicles 2004 you see that they also have a unit of again i'm guessing these are the uh, warriors of ulrich however these have been converted a little bit more and every model in the unit has been given one of those uh, cavalry hammers that you get from the Empire Knights sprue, the ones that you use to make the Knights of the White Wolf. So you can do a lot of things with these militia and I have now started building up my Mordheim warband. Uh, I have primed all the models that I want to use for that warband and some of those models are going to be uh, become a regiment of swordsmen that I'm going to use in the larger games and other models are going to become a regiment of the warriors of Ulrich that I'm going to use in larger games. Now besides these I've also undercoated a lot of minotaurs because I was running a little bit behind on schedule with my call of the crown painting challenge I had wanted to finish up a, a, a unit of 50 Bestigor before the end of last month. I didn't get to do that, but instead I am. Uh, I did paint some other things, uh, and then there was also me getting ill that basically threw me off my schedule. So now I'm going to do these Minotaurs, um, and because they are only 27 models and I've got an airbrush, I expect them to go rather quickly and I can still use the rest of the month to paint the other beastmen, the uh, bestigors that I had wanted to do last month. Um, doesn't really matter because even if I did not paint those bestigors or even if I don't paint them at all, uh, I, I will still have enough points to... Um, I still had enough points for last month so so that's that's all well and good. Um, so besides these units, there was one more unit that I undercoated today, and that is going to be a unit of Empire Halberdiers. And this is a bit of a special unit. I had planned to do this project last year. I had already uh, stripped them and and glued them all together. No, I didn't glue them all together, but I, I did that. Uh, uh, I, I did that last week as well, but most of them were already glued together. I, I did strip them a, a while ago because I had planned to do these as a uh, regiment of Swiss Guard. Now, if you're a bit of a history buff, um, I'm not saying that I am, but I do like history. There is a rather famous last stand that happened in 1527 during the sack of Rome. Uh, there's a Swedish uh, rock band or metal band called Sabaton and they have a song about this. The song is called The Last Stand. I can highly recommend it. Look it up on YouTube. And this is about the, uh, the sack of Rome. What was happening? This is 10 years after the start of the Protestant Reformation. So Europe is basically starting to get divided between uh, Catholics and Protestants and they don't really like each other all that much. Now, the Holy Roman Empire is mostly Protestant, and these Protestants, they want to take out their anger issues on the uh, city of Rome, on the Vatican. And well, I, I, this, is, this is me paraphrasing, by the way, so uh, if you are a real history buff, uh, please don't... Uh, don't come over and slap me in the face for getting my facts wrong. But uh, uh, yeah, just paraphrasing here what's, uh, what basically happened. So uh, this very large army of, uh, of, of Landsknechts and, and all those uh, basically empire troops, they march up to Rome, they sack the city, they have a whole bunch of war crimes that they commit. And they also try to uh, take out the Pope. Now, the Pope is protected by the Swiss Guard. And the Swiss Guard are these soldiers from Switzerland. Um, you still see them today in the Vatican if you go to Rome. And if you visit there, you can still see those uh, Swiss Guards in their blue and orange uniforms. Uh, 
And these Swiss guards are the personal bodyguard of the Pope. Now, I don't know exactly how many there were to start out with, but a lot of them were either killed or otherwise engaged. In the end, you had 189 that made a last stand at a cemetery. Um, 42 of them escaped together with the Pope, and they went to, uh, to the Castle Angelo, uh, Castle St. Angelo, the, the Castle of Angels, which is also in Rome, very near St. Peter's Basilica. And that is where the Pope uh, got away to safety. Now, this happened on May the 6th, so I want to try to finish these 42 halberdiers uh, with a warrior priest representing the Pope. Um, I want to finish them on May the 6th or thereabouts. And the, the reason that I have been fast-tracking these, why, I, why don't I do that another year? If you maybe remember from uh, last December, I had... Um, I told you guys I have some some uh, doubts about my religion. I've been raised Catholic and then turned Protestant. And then there were some issues I had with the uh, Protestant church in, in general. Protestant churches, I should say, because there's not one unified Protestant church. And that caused me to go back to my roots and to really examine for the first time in my life the tenets of the Catholic faith. And even though most of my uh, family, at least my in-laws, they are all Protestant and my wife, uh, I still decided that I want to do this and I want to check this out. And my wife even encouraged me to do this. And now I can more or less say, still, still a little bit tentatively, but I, I think I can say that I have uh, returned to Catholicism. Uh, so in order to celebrate that, I don't know if that's worthy of a celebration, but it is a momentous occasion to me. And uh, I wanted to do these halberdiers uh, basically in honor of that fact. So that's everything that I have been prepping. I, I'm not sure if I can manage everything. Uh, I do thank... Uh, contrast paints and airbrushes for making my hobby life so much easier um, so yeah that's uh, that's the plan for the coming weeks and months and I will of course keep you updated on how everything goes speaking of keeping things updated we have a winner to announce for the War Games Orchard painting challenge it is Jörn Huntler. For the third time running, Jörn has got a, a lovely story there with Dorotha the Delusional Dryad. Um, very well fitting with the fever dream theme that we had for February. Now, uh, this might be a little bit of a, of a bittersweet victory. I don't know because uh, apart from myself and Jörn, there were no other contestants this month i know february everybody's busy and it's a short month but still if you want to participate uh, well not in february of course but in march in this challenge the theme for this month is pirates you can do anything pirate related that you like you can make it as as zombie piratey as you like, or as ogre piratey, or just uh, the pirates of the kind that provide free information um, despite there being copyright laws. Uh, is that a polit politically correct way of putting that? I don't know, but you know what I mean. Now, speaking of pirates and uh, models that you can turn into pirates, did you know that the Empire Militia Kit is great for making pirates? They've got a very, uh, so some pirate themed hats. They've got this, um, this long coat that you also get with uh, in, in uh, pirate movies and stuff like that. So that's going to be my segue into our main segment about the Empire Militia. Now the Empire Militia box is uh, very versatile. You can do a lot of things with that. And I want to 
first take a look at the box itself. Now, I only got into Empire after the old world had already ended, or maybe a little bit before that, when uh, a lot of this Empire stuff was going for sale rather cheaply. But I do see on the internet some uh, boxes. I don't have the boxes myself, that was, that's what I was trying to say. I don't have any militia boxes, I just have the sprues. Um, and, and some some uh, some secondhand models. But uh, the militia boxes themselves, you if you take a look at them, there are some uh, some differences there that are noteworthy. I have the backs of two different boxes in front of me, and I think the first one is from the uh, 6th edition set. And in the 6th edition set, they got you 20 Empire Militia in the box. And these 20 Empire Militia are shown on the back of the box with a variety of different weapons. There's uh, uh, one with a great sword, a uh, guy with a pistol, and, and some, a lot of swords, a lot of... Uh, uh, clubs and axes and um, those kinds of things. All the bits that were in the box. And then you get some some pictures underneath with different uh, makeups you can do. Because this Empire Militia box could also give you archers and crossbowmen. If I take a look at the next picture that I have here, the next tab that I have opened. I see the same militia box from the back with the same three figures below there. The archer, the crossbowman and a regular militia. But the picture above that is a bit different. And judging by the brown edge on the basis, uh, this is a picture from the 7th edition box. And the, the one I described a little bit earlier is from the 6th edition box. Now if I look at the 7th edition box picture, I see some things that are rather noticeable, as, at least if you know your bits. Because these Empire Militia are not just armed with bits from the Militia box themselves, but I also see some of the White Wolf Hammers. I see a, a pitchfork, there's a guy in, in the front having a pitchfork with uh, which is from the zombie kit. So it's a bit odd that Games Workshop decided we're going to make a regiment of militia that we're going to put on the box. But instead of giving them the weapons that are in the box, we also add in some some other weapons. Um, it's, it's a bit of an odd choice, but it does show the versatility of this set and what you can do with it. So... Let's talk about the militia themselves. They first appear in the army books in 6th edition. And militia is basically a uh, an umbrella term. I, I don't know if that's the correct English wording here. But it is a, uh, a term that applies to several units. And in 6th edition, your militia consists of archers, crossbowmen and free companies. Broadly referred to as irregular troops, militia units are called up as required, and no one can foretell how many men will turn up at the muster. These troops receive no formal training or discipline and are armed with their own equipment at their own expense. Such troops are often either mercenaries such as crossbowmen from Tilia, or recruited from the peasantry such as the archers. They wear their own clothes, which may sometimes have a vaguely uniform appearance and are paid after the battle from the spoils of the Count's war chest. Then they are disbanded once more. Although militia troops can operate as independent units, they will often provide detachments for the regular state regiments. And then we get first to the first entry, which are the archers. In the Empire, the bow is the classic weapon of the yeoman, and these troops are normally organized into small groups of skirmishers who support regiment units in battle. Trappers and hunters from the northern provinces such as Ostland are often called to serve as special units called huntsmen, which are employed to scout ahead of the main army. Crossbowmen Crossbows are not popular weapons in the Empire, though Thylian mercenaries are often recruited to augment the firepower of the Count's army. 
Some counts from the southern provinces retained some units of crossbowmen as part of their personal household troops. Crossbows may lack the penetrative power of handguns, but are just as accurate in the hands of an expert. And then finally we get the free companies. A further source of regular troops are the bands of footloose young men and would-be adventurers who wander off to seek their fortunes in such places as the border princes or the wasteland. The most successful of these fighters may even end up as nobles in some distant lands. Others become brigands or pirates, most are never seen again, but a steady stream return to their homeland with scars, tall tales and a total inability to either settle down into normal society or accept discipline as regular soldiers. They are good fighters but liable to cause trouble in taverns when they are not roaming around in dangerous bands. The elector counts wisely seek to recruit such bands of regular troops for two reasons. The first is to bring these headstrong fighters under some sort of control and thus prevent brigandage and rebellion. The other reason is that they represent a ready source of expandable troops, often brave, reckless and hardened, to the rigors of campaigning. The polite and diplomatic term for such troops is free companies. There are other terms which are less polite but more accurate. What we will see in uh, later editions is that the makeup of militia will vary. In 6th edition, archers, crossbowmen and free company are all grouped together under the term militia and halberdiers, swordsmen, spearmen and handgunners are the elite troops. You also have some, uh, uh, sorry, they are not the elite troops, they are the state troops. Uh, you also have the elite state troops which are great swords and pistoliers. In later editions, you will see that the crossbowmen will first, in 7th edition, uh, turn to the state troops. And then later on, the archers are also grouped under the state troops and the huntsmen get their own entry. So what I want to do today is I want to take a look not at the crossbowmen, but I do want to take a look at the archers and the three companies. In 6th edition, the archer, the crossbowman and the free company, they are all just your regular basic human stat line. Movement 4, weapon skill, ballistic skill, strength and toughness 3, 1 wound, initiative 3, 1 attack and a leadership of 7. They can be used as independent units or detachments, but never as parent units. If you do not know what these words mean, then you probably have never played either with or against Empire because the detachment rule is the main rule for Empire. I will not go into too much detail about it, but it's basically you have one big unit that's your main unit and your main unit can have one or two detachments, smaller units that uh, do not count as their own independent troops, but they can provide support to the main unit uh, on the following pages, this is in the Empire 6th edition army book, uh, I just read page 7 and page 8 and 9 give you the rules for detachment with the special rules and with some, some cases what you can do, uh, a counter charge, support fire, supporting charge. Um, this, is, uh, this is what makes Empire unique, this rule of, of the detachment system. And that has never gone away. You always have detachments in the Empire. And I believe it was also around in 4th edition. But I didn't go that far back because militia are not in the 4th edition book. Now you can have free companies for 5 points per model. Um, the unit size is 10 plus. Free company fighters are armed with a haphazard collection of weapons, including swords, daggers, halberds, bludgeons, and pistols. However, for game company uh, game purposes, all models in a free company unit count as being armed with two hand weapons, regardless of what weapons they are actually wielding, since it tends to be the most common weapon choice. Any unit may be equipped with light armor for one point per model. You can upgrade one fighter into a magician for 5 points, one into a standard bear for 10 points and you can promote one fighter to a sergeant for 10 points and the sergeant has an extra attack. There were no command crews in this set, there never have been, 
but you still get the option to uh, give them a standard and a musician. I don't know why you would want to do that because if you pay just one or two points per model extra, you are looking at halberdiers or spearmen or swordsmen that come with um, their hand weapon, their weapon of choice and light armor included. Um, spearmen and halberdiers are about six points per model, swordsmen are seven points per model, but they do get an extra weapon skill compared to the others. So that's that you have to pay for that as well. And these are your state troops. Uh, they don't cost that much more. Free companies are mostly used, I think, as small support units, as chaff that you can sacrifice. And you can use the kit to make crossbowmen and archers. Um, and I, I even have to tell you that this was the only kit you could use in 6th edition to make crossbowmen and archers. And when I first got these sprues, I thought, oh, this is going to be a cool unit. Some of them are armed with pistols and most with swords and some have a crossbow or a bow. Um, not realizing that you actually had to use this kit to make three different units. And, and you could, you got 20 models with the kit. Your free company have 10 plus um, and your archers and crossbowmen are also 10 plus. So you could make um small units of archers and crossbowmen each sprue uh, or, or combination of sprues gave you four models and each sprue of four models gave you two options for crossbows and two options for bows so if you buy one box you can have 10 archers and 10 crossbowmen or you can have 10 archers or 10 crossbowmen and 10 free company and you can basically just do do these combinations uh, or you can buy two boxes or five or ten and make all the archers and crossbowmen a free company as you want. Well, you can't do that now, of course, but you could back in the day. Archers are eight points per model. They are armed with a bow and a hand weapon and they can have the upgrade for a marksman. Uh, which gives, uh, which is the champion level who has an extra ballistic skill. Archers can always, uh, they always fight in a skirmish formation, they are skirmishers, and one unit of archers in the army may be upgraded to huntsmen for plus two points per models. Huntsmen have a unit size of five to ten, so they are a little bit smaller. They have a longbow instead of a regular bow, and they can have a marksman for 6 points per model. And these are not only skirmishers, but they are also scouts. Just to top it off, crossbowmen are also 8 points per model. They have a crossbow and a hand weapon, and they can also have the standard musician and marksman upgrades, with the marksman having an extra ballistic skill, and the champion and musician costing 5 points, and the standard bearer 10 points. Now in 7th edition, you got more specialized kits. The militia kit was still around, but the archers got a box, I believe that was in 7th edition, that could make archers or huntsmen, and the uh, crossbowmen got a box that could make crossbowmen or handgunners. Back in 6th edition, the handgunners were those monopose plastics that you got in the starter set, uh, there's still a lot of those going around. They are also ideal if you want to start an empire army or make some zombie pirates. Um, it's, it's rather easy to get a hold of them, at least a lot easier than it is to get a hold of the uh, militia. But the crossbowmen and the handgunners in 7th edition, they got this specialized dual kit. And I think that the, the militia set... In, from 6th edition, I believe that it was the only set that you could use to make three different types of units. Um, maybe later also the Empire State Troop set in 7th edition that could make you spearmen, halberdiers and swordsmen. I know that spearmen uh, were also in the monopose set in 6th edition. And the 6th edition state troop set could make you halberdiers and swordsmen, but no spearmen. So, uh, the 
one of the few sets at least that could make more than two units and most sets of course only make one type of unit. In 7th edition uh, we get a little bit of fluff about the militia. Militia are regiments recruited, willingly or not, to fight as required. And no one can foretell how many men will arrive at a count's muster. Some of these troops will be grim mercenaries or men used to living by the strength of their sword arm, while others will be peasants levied from the lo local countryside. These latter troops receive no training whatsoever and are armed with whatever weapons they own, be it bows, swords or cudgels. Some unscrupulous elector counts are known to throw militia regiments into the thickest fighting, knowing that dead mercenaries do not require paying. In 7th edition, your militia are split into archers and free companies. I'm not going to read these out because these uh, entries are almost exactly the same as what it was in 6th edition. And the stat lines for Empire Archers and Free Company Fighters are also still exactly the same as they were back in 6th edition. Up to and including the Marksman, um, the Archer Captain, Archer Champion upgrade that gets an extra ballistic skill. And the Sergeant, which is the uh, Militia upgrade, the Militia Champion, that gets an extra attack. One thing of note here is that even though these are guys who are not trained, they still have the same exact stat line as the Empire State Troops, uh, excluding the Empire Swordmen because the Swordmen have that extra weapon skill also in 7th edition also in 6th edition. So this rule for them being untrained doesn't really follow from the uh, from the rules and um, this, this lore I should say of them being untrained doesn't follow from the rules uh, it's a little bit odd I don't know what I would do to make that to put that in there maybe lower their weapon skill a bit but that will make them probably so useless that nobody would take them uh, militia uh, to, to go back to their rules um, militia units can be used as independent units or detachments but may not be parent units which is the same as in uh, in 6th edition except that now crossbowmen are no longer counted as a militia unit they are now a, uh, a state troop unit and they can form parrot units independent units or detachments Archers are skirmishers and huntsmen, uh, which is still the archer upgrade, are sc also scouts. Uh, this is just the same as it was in 6th edition. Um, let me look real quick at their entries in the army list. Because I don't think that much has changed in terms of their options. Archers are still 8 points per model, you can have a marksman for 5 points and you can have a, a single unit of archers upgraded to huntsman for 2 points per model that have the scouts special rule. The only difference is that huntsmen no longer have longbows, they retain their regular bows and they also have their unit size of 10 to 20. They retain that as well. So no longer in smaller unit sizes with longer bows. Free company still have the options for a musician, a standard bearer and a sergeant. Although the points have changed for that a little bit. One fighter can be a musician for 4 points. And the upgrade for the standard bearer or the sergeant is 8 points per model. Free companies are armed with a variety of weapons, but for game purposes they are all considered to be armed as additional hand weapons. Going over to 8th edition. Now in 8th edition, archers are grouped into the state troops as well. State troops are now consistent of um, what you might call state troops and then archers and swordsmen. Uh, I'm, I'm not too familiar with 8th edition, so but I do believe that in 8th edition your... Um, let me check this real quick before I say something that's not true. Oh no, you still get the, the separate entries for halberdiers, spearmen, swordsmen, 
crossbowmen, handgunners, archers. That's all your state troops. And then you get an entry for your free company militia. And the uh, huntsmen are now also a separate entry because they are now a special unit. On uh, page 39 in the Empire Army book, the 8th edition Empire Army book, there is an entry titled Free Company Militia and Huntsmen. So I am still going to put the archers in with the, the rest for today, even though they are now state troops. Um, it, the state troops in this edition have the rule Detachment and Regimental Unit. So it can be either an independent unit or a parent unit, that's what Regimental Unit says, unless I'm much mistaken, or it can be a detachment. And the archers also have the rule skirmishers. That hasn't changed throughout the editions. What also hasn't changed throughout the editions is their stat line. All of them are still your basic human stat line. Um, the basic human hasn't changed from 6th edition onwards. And I believe was still the same as well as it was in 5th uh, edition even, 4th edition. Don't know about earlier than that. I would have to look that up. But uh, yeah... Still your standard basic human stat line. Uh, the marksman, the archer champion, still has a ballistic skill of 4. And the uh, militia leader, which is now the name for the champion for the militia, has a, still an extra attack. And the tracker, the huntsman champion, also has an extra ballistic skill. And the rest also have all basic human stat lines. Militia have... The special rule detachment so they can only be used as detachments and huntsmen have now the rule scout and skirmishers so they can apparently no longer be used as detachments empire free company militia in eighth edition are six points per model they come in a unit size of 10 plus they are equipped with additional hand weapon it's no longer explained that they have a uh, a lot of different weapons. It, it might be in the in the fluff that I skipped over because it's it's all mostly the same still. And the upgrades for a, a champion, musician, and standard bearer are all still there, and they are now all ten points apiece. Archers have dropped from eight points to seven. They come in unit size of ten plus. They still have all their regular equipment, hand weapon, and bow. And you can have one soldier as a marksman, one as a musician, and one as a standard bearer, and they can all be 10 points apiece. I only just noticed that there is no uh, light armor upgrade. Uh, was that in 6th edition? I, I might have missed that. I thought there was a light armor upgrade in 6th edition, or I might have been mistaken with what I looked at at the very beginning of this podcast. Um the uh, cult of Uruk warriors let me check that real quick if your 6th edition militia can have armor or not uh, yes they can they can be equipped with light armor your free companies uh, they couldn't in 7th edition I don't remember seeing it there and they cannot be equipped with light armor in 8th uh, edition either so um their, their options in game have gone down a little bit. Now, I don't think anyone would pay one point per model for a six plus armor save. Uh, there's too many things in the game that negate it, and too big a chance to just uh, have no armor save whatsoever or, or just miss that six plus armor save. Uh, usually, people don't pay the points for, for just light armor or just the shield, but uh, yeah, um, you you don't even have the option anymore. Let's go to our final unit for today, which are the Huntsmen. Huntsmen are 8 points per model. Um, they have the. Uh, they also come in unit sizes of 10 plus, and they also have the same upgrades a champion, a musician, and a standard bearer for 10 points each. These upgrades in 8th edition are very straightforward. Uh, they're all 10 points in the Empire Army book. Um, even for the knights, even for the uh, demigriff knights, uh, all of them are uh, 
uh, are just uh, 10 points each. And that might have been across the board in 8th edition as well. I, I don't really... Uh, like I said, I haven't played too much of 8th edition, so I haven't really uh, gotten into recognizing those patterns yet. So I think that these militia models are of more use out of game than they are in game basically uh, there are definitely some good uses for them use them as detachments and and they still have the options for uh, making archers and crossbows even though you had those specialized kits you could still use those militia models for them because the spruce haven't changed and even in 8th edition when you got the militia you could still get uh, you would still get uh, two bows and two crossbows for every uh, militia man but their their uses in game are uh, they are good but but their uses out of game are are much more extensive because of all the things you can do with that uh, zombie pirates more time being the two big ones that you use these for uh, the cult of auric army uses them and there are lots of other basic human things that you can use them for. You can even use them as... Uh, and you can, of course, always use them for their bits. I like it when you have lots of extra options, lots of extra stuff that you can use for other projects. Because there's always something you can do with a spare sword arm or a dagger or a crossbow or stuff like that. It would have been even better if they included some uh, loose crossbows without an arm attached, just as they have on the Mortime sprue. In the in the Mortime box, you have that uh, tiny little sprue with some extra additional details that you can put on your cardboard houses. Uh, that would have been even better, but still, uh, there's so much things you can do with these that I... I completely get why they are going for those ridiculous prices on the second-hand market. Now, I have no illusions that Games Workshop are going to bring this kit back in any way, shape or form. Because the models are... Uh, they are outdated. They, they can do a lot more things nowadays. And even those plastic uh, kits with the, that make you the handgunners and the crossbows the one that's still for sale in the games workshop app store uh, that one is a lot better a lot more detailed the uh, state troop kit that came out in seventh edition uh, is a lot better than what you had back in sixth edition but still there is a bit of a charm about these six edition models that gave you a separate set of legs, a separate torso, separate arms, separate heads. You could do all kinds of crazy things with them. You can have them turn a little bit to the side. Uh, there is in the Empire Militia kit, there's a, an outstretched arm with a pistol. So you are forced to, to turn your model to its side to have him look over his shoulder towards the pistol. Or just have him wave it about uh, a little bit randomly. But yeah, there, there's so many things you can do with this kit that even though I still have, uh, I, th I think around uh, at least 20, probably 30 of them that I can use, I am still always looking out for more. And if I can catch a good deal for these, I will jump on it because yeah, you can you can use them for for so many things in your Mordheim warbands, and especially if you want to make several human warbands. And there's already three Mordheim warbands in the main rulebook that use them. Uh, you get your mercenaries from Reichland, from Marienburg, and from Middenheim. So you're you get so many options with these that there is no way that you can not use them for your games um this is not me telling you if you have some spare and you don't find a use for them uh, just send them to me of course if you would like to do that then i will definitely not refuse that offer uh, but this is me saying that case workshop probably should put these back into production even though they are outdated and uh, just looking at, at what sells on the second-hand market, 
I think there is a lot of money to be made by a company like Games Workshop. Or maybe if you know some good files for a 3D printer and if you have access to a 3D printer, that might make these uh, Mordheim models a bit useless or redundant. Although I, I, I don't think they will ever grow out of fashion. Um, yeah, the, back in the day, a lot of people started zombie pirate armies, so maybe you can score some of the bits through them. Uh, I have some. Uh, I, I put I put a, a note out on Facebook one one time, saying I was looking for these sprues, and someone asked, oh, "Do you want to make zombie pirates?" Because I already built some, and you can have them with the uh, zombie bits and the militia bits and everything included. So yeah, that was. Um, that was a, a rather good deal I got there. I also got a good deal on some of these sprues uh, through a local Dutch trading group. But other than that, they are rarer than hand's teeth is, I believe, the expression. So if you have them and if you have a lot of them, then don't let go of them because you're sitting on a gold, li gold mine. Unless, of course, you want to give them to me and um, just... Uh, Consider it a uh, contribution to uh, the podcast because then I can talk about them. Well, uh, that's the end of me begging for more miniatures. I shouldn't even be begging for miniatures because I have too many to paint already. I hope you enjoyed this and uh, I hope that you maybe find some inspiration to do your next hobby project, maybe a Mordheim Warband. Mordheim is a very fun game. Uh, please, everybody should play it. Everybody should get into it. Uh, if you go to, I believe the, the website is broheim.net or .com. If you go there, you can find a lot of the resources uh, that are online. I know also uh, Tuomas Spirinen, the guy who designed Mordheim. He's active in several Warhammer fantasy groups and has a big Mordheim community on the internet. So uh, really worth getting into. It's a very nice game. And we will probably also talk a little bit more about that. I, I haven't played too many games of Mordheim. But what I do love about it is that you have the game. And then you have the phase between games where you roll for treasure. And where you upgrade your warbands and gain experience and stuff like that. Um, it, it, it makes you want to continue with your warbands. Unless, like me, you play with dwarf treasure hunters and they get obliterated uh, every time, then you don't want to play with them anymore and uh, you just want to start something different. But that might just be me with a lack of dwarf models and not knowing how to play them properly. Right, that's going to be it for today. Thank you all very much for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening. You can connect with us on Instagram or email us at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard. Know ye now, the time of mortals has come to an end.